0: My, my first question is a very dumb one. Uh, it's to Morgan. Why do you need sound? Are your images not strong enough?
1: No, the, the, ima- the images are not strong enough without the sound. Uh, we <laughs> okay. We w- when we enter a and like this, we we n- are never really at the level of the audience. So we're kind of. Um, in a funny mood <laughs> and you are probably not <laughs> hopefully not um, yeah we need sound because uh, without sound there is no movie yeah <laughs> deep thought and, wh-
2: and
1: why not <laughs> deep what,
0: what let me what, what do you think sound adds to your movie?
1: Um, I think sound often works at a subconscious level because the audience is not so much aware of um, how we manipulate them with sound. Not as much as how we manipulate them with the image.
0: Um. Last question to you for a moment and then we continue. You're talking about manipulation, that's c- quite a subject in documentary. Um, do you have to manipulate or could you elaborate on the manipulation? What's the aim of your manipulation?
1: Yes, I definitely think that... Um, well, I think manipulation is something that happens within all media. and. I think there is no objectivity in any media, uh, and that's something that we really, um, we we were very conscious about when we were making this movie. We wanted to make something that was not trying to be objective, because I think a lot of documentaries um, have this style in in which they try to portray reality in a, in a seemingly objective way. But we, we wanted to make something that was very cinematic and thus very subjective. And um, we wanted to bridge the gap between the way this, this problem is usually portrayed and what these people really go through and the audience that I think is more and more distanced from this topic. Um, partly because uh, because of the way it is portrayed in in mainstream media.
0: If anybody has a question in between, please interfere. Um. <coughs> um, when I, yeah. Why did you end
2: on that uh, that Shia, uh, Yeah. Why did you? Cho- Sorry. Why did you choose to end on that uh, very powerful, but emotive, but I would think very othering, sheer ritual at the at the end?
1: Well, the reason for that is that <laughs> the ritual portrays um, the lamenting of these people. So the ritual is really meant for these people to express their grief. And they all come together to um, collectively express their their the feelings that they've cropped up for a long time. It it has two sides actually because it's also a ritual to commemorate a prophet um, called Hussein. But we used it more in a metaphoric way, and um, we felt that it was very important to to use this moment as a as a. Build-up of catharsis in the film, and to search for this trans- transcendental and universal moment that people could really feel in a very um, visceral way, and yeah, to to leave the film with a with a big boom, <laughs> basically. No. Yeah,
0: more or less. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Taiko, you had quite of a double function in this film, you were a set sound, it's very shaped sound in this film. Mm -hmm. How did you define your role as sound designer, set sound, uh, how did you find your way?
3: Um, Well, I think my main role in the the film was recording the sound uh, while shooting. So not only recording the sync sound with the images, but also recording a lot of ambient sounds that we use throughout the film and recording the voiceovers that are obviously a big part of the sound design as well.
0: And, and how do you start thinking about the film and what to record because ambiences could be whatever you, you, you like.
3: Yeah, um, when I... Entered the project, the the audiovisual concept um, was already sort of uh, the 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 basis of the audiovisual concept was already there, and that was the that it would be entirely told from the perspective of a ghost. Um, so, yeah, what I needed to record was uh, based on that concept. So the ghost would go through a sort of purgatory between hell and heaven in the film. Uh, so we had to create this very hostile environment for the characters in the film and the and the ghost to live in. So we were looking all the time for these sort of very dark ambiences. Um, and we thought of the the voiceovers, <coughs> we, we thought of them as the sort of, the thoughts of the characters you see on screen. So in recording those, we didn't want to use, um, we didn't want the voiceovers to sound like people, who, like just interviewed people on the, on the images, but we really wanted them to sound like thoughts. So.
0: Yes, <laughs> how do you do that? And, and uh, what was your aim with the audience? To do it like that? To get close to the ghost or?
3: No, I think um, I think the aim was uh, to make a sort of the most compelling uh, way of telling it, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we, we tried to, uh, well, create a sort of film that you really could feel instead of just Watch it, yeah.
0: Feel from and where do you where do you want the audience to be? Because the sound makes a very specific choice mm-hmm. in where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the aim while recording and constructing and and editing the film?
3: Yeah, yeah. We wanted to the audience to feel as if they were in this uh, sort of uh, limbo, yeah,
0: between heaven and hell. Yeah. yeah. Um, Is it ready to Can you shout, please? <laughs> <laughs> because the wire is not long enough. It's incredibly star- stylized film. I really, uh, really loved it. I just wondered if
3: you plan to hold back on the more emotive side of it. It's, uh, it packs later. Did you plan it that way? I think this is a question for Morgan. right? <laughs>
1: Answer
0: if you want. Yeah. Uh. Try to answer. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, there's definitely a build-up. Yeah. Um, we can we can elaborate about that a little bit as well. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah. We I mean we we wanted there to be a build-up, so um, we want you to. We wanted to pull the audience in the beginning. We wanted to pull them into the experience right away and then to slowly learn and to understand what these people are going through and then let them go through the experience that gets worse and worse and worse step by step. So yeah, we, we wanted to ascend down into hell more and more during the film. And um, maybe maybe you guys want to elaborate. I think you could do that the best to, to elaborate a little bit more about how we recorded the the voiceover and what the concept was for that.
3: Yeah, uh, for the voiceover, we recorded most of the voiceovers uh, uh, during shooting, um, and we. Uh, well, as I said, we try to use them as thoughts of the characters on screen. Um, so to do that, we, we created this sort of dark and soundproof room in the, in the apartment we rented in Athens. And we invited the characters in and we sort of made them feel really comfortable and really took a lot of time to um, make sure they were at ease. And then um, I put the microphone very close to their mouth and we asked them to close their eyes and talk as if they were dreaming. And uh, just by editing out snips and bits of this, uh, it started sounding and feeling more as uh, as the way we wanted it, yeah.
0: And, and, and content-wise, how did you organize it? Because it seems as if the voiceover is rewritten after or during editing, but apparently you had your material <coughs> from the set and had to see how you managed with what you got.
3: Well, there is also one voiceover line that, um, like the the main character's voiceover line, that was written after uh, and during editing but also during shooting as well, but we didn't record it only uh, only after uh, editing the film, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, Vincent, where did you come in on this project? Um, you're mentioned as sound team, re-recording mixer... Um.
2: Well, uh, quite early during the whole process. So, when Morgan had the in- initial idea, we Sat together, together with uh, Xander, the editor, and we started talking about the, the the approach and the style of the whole movie. So actually, at the very beginning, I was already involved in the in the whole concept and how we were going to create the feeling of the movie. So
0: yeah, I I hear many mixers say, uh, "Let me come in late because then I can judge from a distance, and then I have a better judgment of what." sound could do in this final stage.
2: Yeah, well, in this case, there wasn't really a like normal structure, or how uh, normally you have a sound editor, a sound mixer, and separate teams. And this was more of an uh, organic process where everybody <laughs> did something I at one moment during the making of the movie. and. Uh, and in this case, I didn't really think it was necessary to have like both departments, like the editing part and the mixing part, to be well different. Because I always had the feeling that I had I could have some distance to the movie because I wasn't there at shooting, and it was a really long process. So in like I, I worked on it for a, a couple of days, then I had a couple of weeks doing nothing, and then. I could look fresh at it again, so it wasn't that big of a problem for this movie. C-
0: could could that be a new way of working I- in film, a more non-linear way where you uh, well, exchange ideas,
2: or is this? That's not exactly new, but uh, taking your time is al- always a good thing, I guess. So, <laughs> if you if you can take the time to to just. Uh, get some distance from the movie and see, see it in a different way it's always a good thing I yeah. think and no, also d- during the well in this case during the editing we we the the sound department was al- always uh, there and also uh, leaving comments for for the editing so it was a really uh, how do you say that org- organic process of working
0: but it's new in a way because there's not people don't work very often like that in film. So maybe it's not new, but it's not done very often. But c- could it be used more in general, uh, working with sound and image, and, uh, or is it very stick to this kind of
2: movie? No, I think it depends on the movie or it depends on the people who are working on it. I mean, for, for us it's a really normal way of working because we, we always work like this. We al- also worked on other projects like this. And I, I guess it depends on. Uh, well, what what you want to find in a certain stage of the whole process. So if you want to keep experimenting during the whole process, this is a good way because you can always discover new things. And I mean, if you just have a deadline or just it's already clear what it's going, what it's supposed to be, then I don't know if it's really efficient. But we
0: just construct a thing.
2: Yeah, and that that's more or less the way we work. We we try to explore, try to find new ways to, to tell the story. And it's not like set in stone on, on the, at the beginning or during the writing of, of the script or the plan, the film plan.
0: I have a, 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 an audience question. Uh, uh, there is a question, a question from the audience. Yeah. Char- uh, please.
1: the other people in the military. Yeah. Well, the concept was always to start filming when there was a basis of mutual trust with the people that we wanted to film. So there were a lot of people who didn't want to cooperate. And, um, Why not? Well, because uh, a lot of them were very skeptical about our intentions. And uh, and in hindsight, I. Th- I think that was very good, but sometimes very frustrating during making the film. We met a lot of people who didn't trust us and who who told us, yeah, you're gonna film us and then you're gonna take off and we're never gonna see you again, which is true. That's basically what happened with a lot of the people that we filmed. We tried to keep contact, but these people live in the shadows of civilization, so it's very hard to keep contact. And even if we do keep contact, some people they they haven't seen the film yet because they still live somewhere on the streets or somewhere in a country where we can't go to to show them the film so for example these these people uh these junkies we we had been searching for people for drug using people for a long time because i think I think I should keep the microphone a bit further though <laughs> um yeah we uh we wanted to show the drug use in the film. Because um, there, there are a lot of people in in this region where we filmed who who turned to drugs because they were so they, they they felt so miserable. And it was very hard to find people who were willing to show that side of their lives to us and we knew how vulnerable we would portray these people if we would if we would film them using drugs, you know. So at some point we had a fixer, so a fixer is somebody who fixes situations <laughs> and people and stuff for you. And they, this person fixed uh, two junkies who uh, wanted to talk to us. And uh, we were sitting in a park with these people and, and we explained to them, we, cannot, we, we really cannot help you. In, in any way in a direct way we can't give you money we can't uh, we can't help you with a visa so we can't help you to go further into Europe the only thing we want to do and that's what we told most of the people who we wanted to film is that we want to show your life in a way to an audience that doesn't know what you what you guys are going through we want to show we want to show it in a very uh, very powerful cinematic way. We want people to live with you through your daily experiences, uh, as if they are observing you whilst you are experiencing it. And um, well, these 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 junkies. Uh, I I don't like calling them junkies, but. Uh, these people, they uh, agreed on showing us what they went through, and they gave us so much. We we were really touched by uh, by these people, and we wanted to, you know, we wanted to see them more often. But <laughs> it was very hard. It was a difficult situation, and uh, yeah. They've never seen the film. No, they've never seen the film. Uh, as as I know, only um, well. I think only two of the people that we worked with, of the refugees, have seen the film. Uh, yeah. Which is sad.
0: How did the two who saw the film, how did they react to it? How did the two who saw the film react to the film,
1: What's the question. Um, well, the first one was a year ago, that was Abraham, he uh, is the the guy that walks through the graveyard of shipwrecks in Lampedusa. Um, He is an Eritrean guy, he survived the shipwreck of October 2013. There were about 500 people on the boat, 350 people died, and he is one of the survivors. And uh, I found him by chance because he happened to live in Holland. And somebody had his phone number because that person was also in Lampedusa filming. He was one of the, you know, the large crew of journalists filming that event at the time, and uh, he was at the premiere at Itfa last year, and he uh, he appreciated it a lot, um, but it's hard for him because you know he, he has to uh, he has to live with his trauma, so he tries to forget some of the things that he experienced, I think. The other person was Diba. We were in uh, Oslo about a month ago and we managed to get uh, Diba from Sweden to Oslo. We said, we will only go to this festival if Diba is also allowed to come. She actually doesn't appear in the film, but we filmed her and she helped us a lot with translating. And she saw the film and, uh, yeah, she was moved by it yeah uh, she wants other people to see it but sometimes it's really hard to spread it around in some of the communities so
0: um i want to come back to the construction because you told me but did i see a hand ah.
1: You want to talk about sound design? Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no you guys. You guys should be talking about the sound design. And
2: like just out of nothing. That's why I shouldn't
1: have been here. Never just answer the question. Uh, um, what was the question exactly? <laughs> uh, we didn't speak the languages. Yeah, yeah, that's well, right. French translators. Um, it's about sound. Yeah. They say it's about sound. Well, okay, yeah. In a way, it's about sound because um, we. We have no clue what the people were talking about when we were filming them. Mostly, sometimes we asked them to talk about a specific topic, um, and this was m- mostly based on you know research with these people and living with them for a while, and then finding out what they would go through, and trying to m- trying to make them act as if we weren't there, as if as if they were living their lives with us, without us being there uh, to film them. And uh, we would just say, okay, now you guys should talk about women, or now you should talk about football, or about drug dealing. And,
0: uh, but only in editing you knew what they really
1: said. Yeah, so we, had, we, we didn't know what they would talk about exactly. Uh, what they were talking about exactly. So, for example, the phone call with the Senegalese guy with his wife. We we had no clue what he was talking about. (laughs) But the energy of uh, the conversation was most important. And the the concept was always that the dialogue was not the main main point of the concentration of of the film. There was the concept of uh, the ghost flying from one place to another and uh, going from one place to another, observing all these people that were somehow going through a similar experience metaphorically.:
0: back. <laughs> 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 Apparently, it was about sound because you judged the sound and not the semantic part of the, of the conversation.: the, semantic, the, the, the meaning of the words. Yeah. <laughs> the meaning of the words yeah uh, <laughs> we i we have to uh, <coughs> five minutes uh yeah It's hard to distinguish the, the, the um, um, what is sound design and what is music.
2: Yes. Ike? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, um, well, I think we always had the idea that there wasn't going to be like a, a like a traditional score or scoring. It had to be Im- Im- embedded in the in the whole sound design soundscape, and I think. Yeah, we had to look for a while for what was like a, a good approach. First we had three composers, I think Morgan wanted even more, but we ended up with with, with two composers and tried different stuff out and eventually we uh, we got to the point that we, we had like uh, one composer for the dark side of the movie and one composer for the more uh, brighter side, so they each had their like specific uh, section of, of dealing with the with the score, and uh, in the end, it really worked out because beforehand we we always had like conflicts about what uh, this is this is not uh, how do you say that, happy enough or not uh, light enough. light enough, and 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 it turned out that one one of the composers was really good at the at the dark like more um, how do you say that. Eerie stuff. The, the hell side. Yeah, the hell side, and and the other composer was was really good at at the more, yeah, heavenly side of the of the, of the movie, and um, and I think there's there's more music in the movie than you than you actually noticed when you watch it for the first time because it's it's not that pronounced, it's not that clear, but it's it's there lots of the time, so. And I think it really worked out because it blends really well with the uh, with the rest of the approach of the sound.
0: Yeah, and who decides uh, who decides on what? They just deliver, and and you put it together and try it out, or?
2: Yeah, well, I think there was some idea during editing as well, but uh, at the end, yeah, like I said before, it was still a, a process. So we 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 just got new music of the of the of the composers. We we. Placed it in different parts. Sometimes it was too much. Sometimes it, it was too obvious. And I think we we still uh, well fooled around with it till the till the end of the of the mixing stage actually. So we part of the drums we still uh, at the, at the ritual at the end we still edited a bit and tried stuff out where 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 is it more appropriate? Where does it need to stop? And so
0: it was composed for that part yeah hmm? it was composed dr- the drum thing was composed for that yeah. part of the film yeah yeah so ev-
2: every music uh was composed even not not well there's some source music so the, there's also like music in within the scene what, which is supposed to sound like it's there at yeah at the place where 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 we are where as an shot. audience mm-hmm. and uh which is one one bit Morgan did, like the annoying house music <laughs> uh, when when the when the man's falling asleep. When the, that's the first uh, or it's the second voiceover we hear actually. It's the second character we see, and uh, yeah, that that that's about it, I guess. Now there's there's some more stuff, but I can't really. <laughs> there's some African music that was really hard to find. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's one one one. Uh, Piece of existing music we had to find, and that's uh, that's the scene where, where where we go in in into the TV. There's the guy, this guy listening to the this clip in his uh, apartment, and then we go into the TV, and that's uh, a song we tried to find, like the original piece, which took us a lot of time, and then all of a sudden we found it, and we could make it a bit bigger than it was on the set.
0: Uh, I mean we have to sort of split, and then I come to you. I have a first question. Um, um, Morgan told me many people didn't know or didn't understand that you're going with a ghost into this film from the view f- uh, of a ghost. And for me the the one of the strong points of the film is that it starts off with this boat accident and then you really go into the head of the ghost searching for his family and natives and whatever how is that did you realize the perspective of the film
2: <laughs> Nobody did
0: Yeah but you're not exploring point of view, Yeah yeah,
2: yeah. Ah, no, really <laughs> <laughs> I was biased <laughs> you read the synopsis
0: <laughs> that's too bad there is a question over there Yeah, uh, I have a question regarding
2: of your footage uh, gathering you you did mention about the how hard it is to actually gain trust with the people in order to actually acquire the footage so my question would be the first scene it is regarding the boat accident it looks like one really powerful starting scenes. Is
3: it? Is it manufactured by you guys, or is it a true scene? Taco. Um, it is as true as we could get it. I think <laughs> 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 would be the best answer here. Um, you can, you w- yeah, uh, we tried actually to. I mean, we, we were certain that we wouldn't be pos- it wouldn't be possible to shoot this scene uh, as a true documentary scene uh, in the moment on a ship like that. <coughs> so we have been looking for ways to recreate it. And we tried it in, uh, near Athens, but it was just too hard to produce and to keep it safe for all the people and then we tried it another time at the dutch beach and then 15 people nearly drowned (laughs) because of us it was it was the weather got really bad and we had to film at night so eventually that was called off as well and um uh, the uh, the stuff that's in the film that is actually filmed somewhere inside in a sort of big bath and um, the images are very, um, oh, you, don't see a, you don't see a lot of what's happening. So we had to create most of that experience in sound. And we talked a lot about that before we started shooting it. So we, uh, we, we talked about what sounds we would hear and about what things the people really needed to say to make it a sort of uh, believable, um, Scene.
1: Everything was dubbed.
0: How did yeah. s- how did it feel for you? How did it feel for you? It's like I'm being cheated. No, now, now you know. Yeah. No, but. Can I answer? Can I answer? It? Can <laughs> I think the perfect, the better answer would be. Your your manipulation is very good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> No, if you know, but th- that's interesting about uh, sounds real. Uh, what is real, real is what you For me, I think could it have been real? Apparently, this happens a lot. Boat accidents happen. Uh, people drown, get to goats, ghosts, go in the air, search for relatives, uh, family, whatever, friends. I think it's about the experience of the, of the viewer. Sorry, I'm... Uh, I I'm want to know what he uh, wanted to say to the guy over there.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, well, we, we, uh, we always wanted the audience to be aware of the fact that we are manipulating them. So, you know, yeah, we start the film with the most manipulated scene of the whole film. It is the only scene that is staged and I always had the idea that everybody would be certain of the fact that it was staged. But apparently there are a lot of people who doubt the fact that it's staged. So people came up to me. Some people said about the Lampedusa scenes that you got some really good actors there. I said, what? Those are real people. And some people thought that the beginning was real but i thought everybody would would see that it, uh, that that was staged so when people actually started asking me questions about it i was reluctant to answer them because it's kind of good to maintain the mystery about it you know but not
2: But did you think about what what is real in film and why it is real, or when is it real? About if you, if you say you you thought that the second part was real and the first part wasn't, what what did it do to you as as a viewer? That that's what I'm really. <laughs> But did you think about what what is real in film, when when you were thinking about that? Didn't you doubt what what the filmic reality was or what the real reality was?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, well, okay. There are certain levels of, you know, how much you stage, and yeah. Why exactly? Well, well, of course. Yeah, you you could have scripted it with, with real people, and um, it could still have been, of course, a real, uh, a, a possible real situation. <coughs> But, um, yeah, I think, uh, actually, even though I know it's all subjective, it does make a difference to me if if, if it's something that you did not um, interrupt at the moment that it was happening, mm. or you, you didn't script it at the
0: moment mm. that it was happening. Yeah, it doesn't okay, happen. Everything
1: I've watched, you watch yeah.
0: manipulated. <laughs> no, it's a, I think it's the difference of a stamp documentary or fiction, but we have, sorry, we can discuss there because <laughs> we have to finish, we have to finish <laughs> it. All. Um, um, uh, Morgan, Vincent, Taco, thanks a lot. Thank you.